life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Hey guys, welcome to the Road Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano. Um, what's going on? Super crazy week. I had a super crazy week this week. Um, let me tell you about it. Uh, all right. So I get asked to do a bunch of podcasts this week and I, I'm a podcaster. I love doing podcasts. So I said, yes, I would be happy to do. I think it was four podcasts I got asked to do this week. Four podcasts I got asked to do this week. Um, so, and they're all by comedians, all comedian podcasts. (laughs) For some reason, I haven't been able to have been asked to do any medical podcasts lately. I don't know why that's, why that hasn't happened. I'm here. I'm here. Doctors, if you got podcasts, I'd, 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 I'd love to comment on, uh, on your diagnoses, diagnoses. I'd love to learn the word diagnosis and then I will comment on your diagnoses. All right. I'm an idiot. Uh, so we had four, uh, four, I asked to do four podcasts, and I thought, oh, you know what would be interesting? Since I'm doing four podcasts with four, well, actually two, four, six, eight comedians, because they have a host and a co-host, that's eight comedians right there. I would do their podcast, and then I would pick up a road story from each of them. That's eight road stories. And then I would, are you ready for this? Frankenstein them together. That's right. I coined a uh, term in podcasting. It's called Frankensteining. When you take other uh, pieces of podcasts and other stories, put them together to make one podcast, one Frankenstein podcast. Uh, Here's what happened. Uh, One podcast canceled. Uh, One, the audio was shot. So I had two podcasts to do. Hey, no problem. Uh, That's still for comedians. Let's uh, let's go ahead and we'll do that. We'll Frankenstein a four comedian podcast uh, to make it one podcast, and that should be no problem. And by the way, um, on Thursdays, every Thursday, I've been having the uh, uh, comedian dad and their kid pool party every Thursday. Comics in the neighborhood come over, bring their kid. We swim all morning, and then we order pizza, and then we go home. And well, I stay here; they go home. And it's great. It's a good time. Drake Witham's been there. Uh, uh, Jay Larson's been trying to make it. Hal Sparks has been trying to make it. Tim Lee's made it. Chris Strait's coming next week. Anyway, so I said, oh, well, I'll have some comics over here. I'll just pick up some extra road stories from them while their kid's swimming in the pool. You know, there's nothing like jumping in a pool, getting soaking wet, and then fucking around with electronics. That shouldn't be dangerous at all. Everybody everybody canceled on Thursday. I've been doing this for a month. This is the first Thursday where everybody canceled. My three and a half year old's like, why isn't anybody coming? And I'm like, well, they couldn't come. Why isn't anybody coming? Well, they got sick. Why doesn't anybody coming? So he doesn't understand. So it was just the uh, Murray and Frank pool party in the pool. And that's just as fun. We had watermelon and pizza and he took a long nap. So I was not able to get stories from those guys, but I managed to, uh, to pick up still four stories uh, two of them were great. And then I had uh, some audio problems on the second one, which you'll hear later, which I'm going to uh, uh, fix. So that leaves Murray. That leaves me to pick up the slack on this dead air. So I would like to do a, a segment that I don't want to call viewer mail because that's what Letterman called it. Um, and there's no viewers. I don't want to call it listener mail because um, 
that's not very creative. And uh, so I'll just call it answering questions listeners have asked me. There you go. I wish I had a music sting for it, but I don't. And the only reason I say that is because I've been getting a lot of questions, uh, one particular question over the last two weeks, and it's and it's a two-part question. It's A, did I see the professional surfer get attacked by the shark during the competition? And B, do you ever see sharks when I'm surfing? So yes, I did see uh, Mick Fanning get attacked by, uh, by the great white shark. It was... Uh, South Africa is a South Africa competition. And um, what happens is we're in like a completely different time zone. So the South Africa competition is going on while it's nighttime here. So I usually watch the beginning of it and then go to sleep around midnight and then uh, watch it the next day. But I couldn't sleep. So I got up in the middle of the night and watched it. And it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> it was, seriously, I don't know if you've seen the footage, and I'll put the footage up on the on the uh, podcast page. And um, the meat of the of the of the video, no pun intended, is uh, is only like a minute long. But it was the finals of the competition. It was Mick Fanning, uh, Australian surfer, against. Boy, I forget his name. Boy, he's so pissed right now. People are not even giving him any credit for making it to the finals. They're all talking about McFanning being attacked by a shark. Um, so uh, it gets down. It gets down to the finals. It's just down to two people to to win this championship. And um, I would say, if I remember, it was within five minutes of the round. Within five minutes, not even that. Um, a fin surfaces behind uh, behind McFanning this giant struggle ensues and what's great is from the from the announcers don't really know what's going on but then they kind of figure out what's going on and and you hear and you hear them go oh it looks like we got some trouble in the back there's some splashing or oh shit <laughs> it's really it's really a real moment anyway mick fanning got out of the water he's fine um the shark just uh cut his leash and uh he got out without any scrapes or anything like that. But the internet's been going crazy, calling him, you know, shark fighter and, and all that stuff. But let me tell you something. This guy's a professional surfer. He's from Australia. He's seen sharks in his day. But when you look at it, look at the terror on this guy's face. I mean, this guy, he's a professional. He knows what he's doing. He's He's been in the water with sharks before. He's This is his first attack, and it's just... There's no ego when you're being attacked by a shark. And I'm not saying that to mock him or anything. I'm not saying I, I would listen. I've seen my fair share of sharks and it's not fun, um, but I've never been attacked. So I'm, I'm not pointing that out to, to make fun of him. I'm just pointing that out to, for the, the seriousness of this uh, incident. Anyway, so yeah, so I did see that and it was terrifying. And I'm glad McFanning survived uh, without a scratch. He's a really good surfer. Although I've seen him be decked down at Trestles cutting people off because he's a professional. But that doesn't mean I wish any ill will on him. Uh, second question to that is, uh, do I see sharks? I see sharks all the time. I'm sure you guys have, uh, whenever I go on other podcasts, they always ask me about surfing. I see sharks all the time. Is it scary? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. The, the Most of the sharks I see are uh, leopard sharks. Um, they're, they're bottom dwellers. They, they, they eat crustaceans on the bottom. And they're called leopard sharks because they have pretty much leopard stripes on them. They're gray or brown. Um, they get to about four feet, although I saw one that was like six feet one time, and it freaked me out. Um, so I see those mostly. I don't really see them very often, but um, 
it's the great white sharks that 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 freak you out. There's two incidences uh, that come to mind when people ask me about uh, do I ever see sharks? Yes, uh, I saw uh, I see uh, great whites all the time. Not all the time. I see them a lot. I see them a lot in Manhattan Beach, and I see them up uh, up north here around. Uh, there's a break called Sunset in Topanga. There's 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 a bunch up there. Um, and the, my, the favorite story I like to tell is I was surfing this years ago at a place called sunset, which is a very beginner's break, but me and a bunch of friends went there anyway. And, uh, there's, there was a shark hanging out there for a couple months and, uh, I paddled out and there's a group of people. There's like a hundred, easily a hundred people out there. And I paddle out and I see the fin way out past the breakers. And, uh, I'm like, all right. I look around, nobody's wigged out. I'm like, okay, if nobody's wigged out, I'm not wigged out. And then a stand-up paddleboarder paddles by, and he's and he like yells, "There he is! There he is!" And he, and he swims by the stand-up paddleboard. And I, I like, I'm like, how how long is he? He's like, well, my paddleboard is nine feet two inches, and he was a little longer than that. So we're looking at like a nine foot six shark. Uh, great white swimming through the lineup. Nobody's really freaking out or anything like that. I'm on my short board, so I'm up to the water and you know, like to my sh- armpits. I'm talking to my friend Chris, who's on a longboard, and she's, I don't know, she's five feet from me, maybe six feet, seven feet from me, seven feet from me, I guess. Um, and we're talking, and we're not really doing anything, you know, we're not really talking about anything. And all of a sudden, that white pops up between us, hits the nose of Chris's uh, board, and then disappears under the water. And Chris did not freak out at all. I'm surprised if anybody would shit their wetsuit or freak out or scream. It's my friend, Chris. She had every reason to freak out and did not. And I was just like, Chris, are you okay? She's like, yeah. I said, do you want to go in? And she said, yeah. And so we paddled in. You want to know about life on the road? I'm sitting here in the, in the studios of Hollywood Anonymous. Uh, with the hosts John Huck and Brian Irwin. Uh, yes. This is part one of the Frankenstein episode. This is what I'm calling it. Um, I've never done anything like this. This could be part two. I don't know. It depends on what the guys say tomorrow. Also, <laughs> when does Frankenstein come on and what will he be talking about? Well, no, I Wait, didn't. what? Hello? I oh. thought we went through this. Oh, before. Frankenstein. I got confused. We're going to put together all this. I came out to, uh, <clears throat> where are we? Uh, Eagle Rock. Eagle Rock. Glassell Park. Um, yeah, d- I give your your specific. I give, I, like. I give your exact address. <laughs> Turn right at the rock. Look like an eagle. Uh, there is a giant rock that looks like an eagle in Eagle Rock. Yeah, that hence the Eagle Rock. Yeah. yeah. Oh, where right. is that? And I've driven it's, by it a thousand times before somebody told me it was what it was. It's but yeah, did, it's somewhere. It's on the one thirty four. It's on the, uh, so, the so, so yeah, it is on the one thirty four. It's so on the way out to the ice house. Brian's so descriptive. It's somewhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I think the thing is to keep it mysterious so people have to come out here and find it on the Because <laughs> yes. I mean, like, you want people invading Eagle Rock? I don't, I don't live in Eagle Rock, so they can do as oh much as they want. Oh, my God. He lives literally I live five Gla- feet away I'm, from Eagle Rock. I'm, their, I'm its neighbor. Apparently, it's Glass, Glasgow Park or whatever you Glass call it. Glass L, yeah. All right. When I lived in Echo Park, I was like, I live in Echo Park. And someone's like, no, you don't. You live in Angelino Heights. And I was like, okay, I live in Angelino Heights. My buddy John, you guys know John Vargas? I know that name, yeah. Right, he's a Mexican. <laughs> uh, it's all coming back to me now. Right, yes. right. Yeah, and he, he grew up in Los Angeles, and he, he loves to hear hipsters like, oh, man, I got robbed at gunpoint the other night, and they took my iPod. He's like, yeah, asshole. Don't live in fucking Eagle Rock, or don't live in Silver Echo Lake, Lake Echo or any of yeah. those places. It's not hip yeah. to do, get robbed, <laughs> all right? Would they take your mustache wax? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, first, a guy who uh, doesn't really do stand-up, John Vargas, much anymore. Uh, I talk about him every episode for some reason. Well, I don't know why. And that's what he's going to be known for. He's I kind of so. like your Larry Bud Melman, if you will. Oh, yeah. Right? You're, you're, you're going to launch him Chris back. Elliott, John. Gonna, I was going to go my Vera from uh, Norm from Cheers. Oh. Because you never, never see her. Never see her, yeah. Oh, Okay. That's well put. And Larry Bud Melman's dead, so I don't really want to put that on. Yeah, yeah you know what? You're right. You're right. Mm. Okay, now you're mad God, at me. so sad, mad. Brian. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured since I was hanging out with some comics, I might pick up some... Uh, I'd come do their podcast and uh, pick up some stories from you guys. Boom. And somebody Story threw out time. the word Madison. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and Brian don't get on the road together very often, but when we do... It is a drunken train wreck. I love much. it. I uh, love it. Well, for one of us. For, for, well, actually, for yeah. two out of the three. And we didn't even have three on the show, but... Um, I, I drank for two. Oh, your brother? No, my brother. Yeah. Is your brother, brother a comic? No. no. His brother's an alcoholic, apparently. No. <laughs> my brother was uh, was celebrating his birthday. From, I, 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 grew up, I grew up in Racine in Milwaukee area, which is just... Racine? Uh, yeah. So are you familiar? Uh, I... Odd that you said that right away. That sounds yeah. like you have to know the place. To... All right. I used to do a joke which I always thought was the stupidest joke I'd ever done, but every time I see Patton Oswalt, he quotes it to me, and it's all about the dumb names of Chicago, of uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. And Sheboygan. That. Yeah, yeah, it's all about those. Wausau. And he always quotes it on uh, every time I see it. So that's why I knew Racine, okay. because somebody would always yell at, somebody used to yell at Racine. I'm like, that eh, doesn't really fit. So... <laughs> it, it, Racine is actually joke. where all racists come from. Is, is that oh, correct? Is yes. <laughs> Well, your brother's a detective, right? Uh, no, now he's a lieutenant. He oh. used to be a detective. Uh, apparently, guys are all over the place. They end up doing everything, I think, before they retire. Yeah. I, don't, I, 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 I TiVo Law & Order. I oh. love Law & Order. Oh, yes. And I oh, still yeah. don't understand the hierarchy of from it, cop to detective. I have you a should. lot of in my family, and I still have no idea. Oh, really? <laughs> you should watch NYPD Blue. That'll help you a little bit more. Why? Because guys tell him I'm your boss a lot? And so you actually go, oh, okay, so if he's his boss... Is no, you just see the power changing in the rankings, and everyone... You know. You're being serious? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's a cool really. reference. Good call. Mm. Not NYPD Blue? NYPD Blue. Wait, which one did you say? NYPD Blue. Okay. You went Hill Street Blues? I went Hill Street Blues. Just to date yourself? Yes. Yes, just to make sure everybody understands. Although the greatest cop actor in the world, Andy Sipowitz, uh, Dennis Franz, was both, in both shows. Both, oh. Hence my confusion, I think. Do you remember the pilot of Hill Street Blues? I remember I was a kid and I watched it. Did someone get shot and die? Two guys get shot at the end and just devastated me as an eight-year-old. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Hollywood. Sir. Yes. The real life. That's a good pilot right there. That was like the, that was back before Game of Thrones, everybody. Before they just oh, started. okay. Now they're just whacking characters on Hill Street. I haven't Blues. seen any of it, so if you could please stop. Oh yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah, everybody, don't, don't, no, everybody lives. If, do me a favor. Everybody lives the do, entire do me, time. Do me a favor. You are not for the next ten years. You know me. You're not allowed to talk about the Sopranos or. Um, tell or me, Game God, you've seen all the Sopranos. No, I've seen one episode. <laughs> what the pilot? And do not tell me anything about Survivor. I've heard some things. <sighs> they all die. <laughs> <laughs> that's naked. all I know. Well, it's naked and afraid. Yeah. Yeah, we went to Madison, and my brother, my brother came up for the uh, the shows. I Brian was, uh, was headlining the comedy club on state. Yeah. Oh, okay. With, it's yeah, a good whatever. club. It's, it's a great club. It makes you feel like you've done everything right in you, your comedy career. You walk you out of there, and you're like, like oh, my God, I'm like Richard Pryor. I'm the funniest <laughs> fucking human being yeah. alive. They genuinely make you feel like your worst joke is probably the best joke that you've ever yeah, yeah, and I can't. I mean, it so doesn't friendly. feel in You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like they're... No, they're just ha- they're happy. Who knew that there are people out there that would go to a comedy club and actually enjoy themselves? It's, right, right. But like really enjoy themselves yeah. to the point where you're like dude everyone calm down nothing is that funny <laughs> but, here's, but here's the thing about Madison puppies yeah. <laughs> like, that's enough 
We're going to do a five-minute break just How? so you guys can calm down. I'm walking off stage. I'll be right back. I'm really upset right now. I mean, is it better than the Ice House? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's, here's the thing with people uh, that I – and I've, I, I agree with this, this, this sentiment that people talk about uh, the comedy club on stage is that not only is it they're, they're a great crowd, but you don't have to dumb it down for them. Like you uh-huh. can actually do well-written material and you still get the same response – that you would, in theory, of having to okay. dumb your material down for other people. They're sure. actually, they're buying what you're selling at any level of, of comedy. Yeah. And yeah. that's what makes it kind of cool. Like right. You feel like you can just do your thing, and they are still with you. You don't have to talk down. You don't have to change no. your act. And, and obviously, me and Brian are a little different on stage, so there was no, well, we like one guy and didn't like the other. It was, just, they loved everything. It yeah, was, we did feel pretty good. <laughs> I have to do this at <laughs> 33. <laughs> So, so the dynamic of, of this night, which I believe was oh, Saturday night. So, John, John listen, we, we drank every night. It was Thursday through Saturday. We left mm-hmm. on Sunday. So we drank every night. But like the, what John didn't understand about me is even though I have something in my hand at all times, mm-hmm. it's not a replacement. I, I take a lot longer to finish sure. just one beer to where John always thought I get scared when, his... when a beer is full yes. and it needs to be empty pretty quick. Otherwise, I'm going to freak out. Yeah, with him, if you ever see him go to the bar and come back with two to four, he's not buying them for somebody else. He's actually coming back for himself because he doesn't want to go back over to the bar. I hate I waiting just... in line. I don't like waiting on people. I, I like, I don't like walking. <laughs> but they, walking sucks. But they, but they were like, they loved Brian. They loved the show that first night. And then, you know, you do the one night and then he had to do radio for Friday morning. Oh, you're, head, you're headlining? Yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, they're like, hey, we'll keep the bar open for you guys because the so staff this, yeah. was having so much fun. This is pre-Saturday this is pre Saturday night where it all went south. But anyway, continue. So yes, there was the first night. Yeah, so the first night, Brian's like, well, I got to get up and do radio in the morning. Uh, I'm like, oh, do you want me to go with you? He goes, you can. I'm like, yeah, I'll go with you. He's like, but this was like, by now it's like 1.30, 2 in the morning and you're like, I'm going to go to bed. You like went back to the hotel and I was like, oh yeah, I want to stay here for a little while longer. And he's like, you're not going to get up for radio tomorrow. I'll get up for radio. I thought I'd get up for radio. Don't tell me what I'm not going to do. And I stayed there till 4 a.m. or whatever, just pounding beers. <laughs> and the next day, woke up at like 9 a.m. with like five calls. Like, all right, bro, I guess you're not getting up. <laughs> like, Which I already knew. I think yeah. I was just trying to you mess with them and trying to see if, if I would... could get them up. Yeah, I'm just going to finish these five and then I'll go to bed and I'll see you at radio. <laughs> But yeah, so I didn't make he radio. didn't miss anything though. It's it's some radio. of these, some of these radio interviews, and I came from radio. Some of these radio interviews are just well, they don't, they don't, they don't for one, they don't care about you. No, and I don't, I don't no. like being set up. I don't like the setup thing mm-hmm. where like they. Like, oh, you know, Brian, I understand you're married with two kids. What's that like? Yeah, but, and the funny thing is, is they ha- they're not listening. So like when you start talking, they just will interrupt you, and then they'll I like Lance whatever, Bass. Whatever, do you? Yeah, whatever their zoo is, they just go back into oh, sure. their zoo with yeah. sound effects and good times and fist bumps, <laughs> and you're just kind of sitting there going, "All right, well, as long as people show up tonight, I'll be." Uh, and that's the funny thing in Madison you don't need to do radio you and don't. they people would just show up no matter who you are it doesn't matter they're going to be there so the fact that you got to get up early and be like come on down to the Madison Comedy Club on stage which and, is fine you do it because they ask you to do it sure it's, of course it's, 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 a, it's I'm not I'm and you probably like it. I like radio I, I don't mind doing morning radio as long as I can go in there and do what I want to do and not therein lies the it, it just yeah. it just depends on who's doing the interview because that's there are true. two guys in, in Peoria that are great that I love and then there's people that I've done I'm like why am I even here? but again because I came from radio that was the thing is I actually always when I when I did morning drive radio I knew how to interview people I've mm-hmm. always been genuinely interested in your story that's right. the whole point you know right. but there were there's other people that they don't really care you're just inside of their world and they do their thing and you have to try to jump in with your zinger and yeah. then all of a sudden you're like yeah but that's not who I am I'm not zinger jump in guy you know yeah, it's, so anyway, it and was, you can't even like 
they're doing shit that they were talking about at 5.30. Right. And, and you don't listen to the show. No, I, so, like, yeah. I was sleeping. I, mean, I was sleeping guys... or I was clearly in the limo relaxing. <laughs> like, Call back to Pigman. You're like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm a little bit lost. <laughs> Ryan Irwin knows. I don't. I actually I don't. have no clue. I don't know what a Pigman is. I read Pigmalion. Yeah, so we we uh, we did our shows like I said. The audience is there; it made it made us feel amazing. And uh, and 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 by the third night, we were on cloud nine, rocking and rolling. And the, we're and talking the, Saturday night here. It's a Saturday night now because we're and Saturday night. I show up. I, I brought some. John nice came in on Friday and did do a few. He started his early apologies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone was like, it's all good. I mean, you know, most, most hey man, people... Hey, man, sorry I didn't make radio. Yeah. <laughs> most, Can I and, have and another he, one? And, and, he's a, and John's a really, really super like likable, lovable mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm, like the, mm-hmm. the, everybody that worked there, you know, was like, he didn't have to apologize. I mean, everybody just loved him and they're right. fine. Like they, it's, as you know, I mean, imagine working at a club. There's probably some people who are just like, all right, I can't wait for them to go. And then sure. there's other people, they're like, I'm glad this guy's around. He's yeah, let's hang out. We'll leave yeah. the bar open. Which I will say is something I I strive to do now. Once I go to a comedy club, like when I went with Kreischer to the Omaha Funny Bone, uh, walked in and I ordered a beer and the lady charged me five bucks for it. So I paid five bucks. And then I went over and started talking to the owner and Bert and everybody and then Waitress comes around. Oh my god! I didn't know you were a comic. Take your money back. And I was like, Oh, okay. But then when I walked away from that conversation, the owner was like, I like that guy because I didn't walk in and go, "We're fucking five dollars." Like, right, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah, make yeah. a stink. I was like, Jesus, this will be the last beer I have, but I'm gonna pay for it because sure. I just ordered it. <laughs> but then they were, you know, then it was whatever free beer. I was there with Kreischer. Of course, you're gonna get hammered. Oh yeah. But my my point is like, I you try to be as likable as you can. And that was kind of one of my first experiences where I was like, I might have just drank way too much. Yeah, he thought, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to get invited back. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. And I really didn't, but... <laughs> well, but it had nothing to do with that. No. So you, no, you did. You went back one more time, I believe, after I was... As gone, a that's feature, a whole other story. That's a way up. Yeah, you were trying to work your way up to the... So, John, so Saturday night comes, and John has a boatload of friends show up. I went to show. college in northern Wisconsin. Oh, nice. And then Brian has a bunch of family. He's from Milwaukee. Right, but here's the thing. His his boatload of friends showing up is a recipe for disaster. There's there's a whole <laughs> thing a about boatload being, of John Hucks. Yes. Uh, well, there's, yeah. well, you know how like you you it takes your energy level to a whole nother like let's let's recap whatever thirty years we've known oh, each sure. other. Oh, okay, yeah. All yeah. in one night. So you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't really have that. I just had some family. I see my family all the time. So mm-hmm. them being up there was different. But this guy, they were already, drinking whiskey at like four. And, hey, you want to come out for lunch? We're having whiskey yeah. cokes. I'm like, dude, guys. <laughs> You're going to be there for the late show. Don't get hammered. Yeah, me and my family, meanwhile, over at a restaurant, like, you know, having a salad <laughs> and like sushi? chatting. Yeah. <laughs> Being civil. <laughs> Being adults. And I'm just watching my friends drink and I'm like, this is going to end badly. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. And sure enough, the show comes around. I get my friends seated. This is the second show. This is Saturday night. Was it the early show? It must have been the early show. I don't remember when they came. That's that's not even relevant. The point, the point is, well, it kind of is because I, I I guess the one of the guys just goes face down on the table. So my friends like shit. We got to get him out of here. So they try to get him out of there. He throws up in the elevator like a lot of throw up, like barfed everywhere. And I was like, um, and then I find, and then my buddy goes, oh my god, Rob threw up in the elevator. I go, Jesus Christ, dude! The elevator comes right down into the club and opens right in the oh. in the bar area. I'm like. And the guy who I knew at this point was going to have to clean it. It's a really nice dude named Joe. And I was like, I don't want that guy to clean up Rob's puke, dude. Is there anything you can do? And then next thing I talk, Joe come by, 
some asshole threw up in the elevator. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? He's you like, need to separate yourself from that. Yeah, you, yeah. you cannot engage. Yeah. Him. By the way, I should clarify on something. My brother was at the Friday night show. Uh-huh. We took him out. We dumped him off on some of the fans because sometimes when you go and you grab a drink with people that saw the show, you realize there's there is no connection and you need to get away from them right away. Sure. You'll, you'll you'll be nice to them for a second. So I dumped my brother off, and it was his birthday. So his wife said he could stay up and stay in my hotel room with me for okay. the night. So he did. He got really drunk that night. Really drunk. He, he threw up. He couldn't leave. So he, my brother, just you know, was supposed to not just come to see the show on Friday and go home with his wife. He's now staying at my place because he can't get out of the fucking bed. So my room smells like my stinky brother and his, and his mouth. vomit. Yeah, and, and crime and Racine is and escalating. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so he's just he's just back at my hotel because he can't leave. So now basically, I have no privacy. So he's so hungover he can't go to this. He can't even go to the Saturday show. He's so hungover. no. He's, yeah, no, he, oh, he's, he's he's in the air conditioning. He is just, he's like he never does. This. That's so a he, hangover he over did, 40. Yes. Oh. He, it was rough. It was rough. So I just left him there to, to just melt. Stew in his So anyway, I, so I went into the next uh, torture chamber, which was John and his friends. Uh, <laughs> well, what do you mean? I mean, we Meaning were, that like, I never, I never got I didn't camera. So anyway, the bottom line is your guys get, the shows are over. Well, yeah, the shows are over. So we go back to their hotel room real quick to, I don't know, smoke a joint or something. But, uh, and the kid who had thrown up and passed out, uh, we walk into the hotel room like where did Rob go and he's on the floor past the bed and he sits up and he kind of stands up he's like what's going on I'm like did you miss the show bro and he's like huh and then I look and his jeans are on and buttoned inside out <laughs> I was like bro, bro your pants inside out he's like what Huh? And this guy works for the phone company. You know what I mean? He's like got a regular job. Like when we were in no, college, no, he now starting to explain company. a lot. But continue. So he was like, I gotta put my pants on inside out. And then he like laid back down, and that was it. He yeah. was gone. And then we went out and. Like it's no, we, no, 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 just we went out. They, they, you guys were out until six o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's right. Swimming. Yeah, we went Swimming. to the pool. We went to the pool because the security guy came by my hotel room and was like, "You guys got to shut up. Everyone's complaining." And I was like, "Oh, what should we do?" And he actually goes. Well, if you go down by the pool, there's no one down there. I'm going to walk through the security check every once in a while. Just don't be throwing shit in the pool. I was like, yeah, we won't. So we went down to the pool. And me and It was actually just by that point, me and my buddy Jeff Mivis, oh, sorry, uh, who is a fantastic dude and probably my musical uh, spirit animal. But um, we, yeah, we just drank beers. And we were up until, I remember being up and then like having to go, this is what it was. We were up until like six. Uh, just keep going. Uh, well, all right. Uh, we were up until six, and uh, and then the next, like, we had to check out or whatever, and we were supposed to go to Brian's parents' house. We, we, so we basically... You and the whole crew? No, no. no, just, no, just, no just, <laughs> Rod, put your pants on the right way. Let's go. <laughs> we were flying out of Milwaukee, so we had to drive back to Milwaukee uh-huh. in order to get out of town. So How far I, drives out? It's only like an hour and a half. Oh, not bad. But I, but but I had my parents. My parents had uh, come up early and uh, in the in the weekend as well, and they left the minivan for us. <laughs> so we had a ride back, and I went out to breakfast with these guys at a place called the it, Copper. Are you still remembering that? Only because I was like, I'll never eat there again. I, I it was like, I had eggs and whatever, and then I was like, I still don't feel good. So I drank a five hour energy, and then I pounded a Coca Cola, which are two things that I. I mean, I know you just watch me drink a lot of Coke, but right. I don't usually do that. And with the five hour energy plus the rot, gut rot I had, plus the eggs, I was like, oh man, I really don't feel good. He doesn't. Okay, so <laughs> now here, now here, so he, so he does not feel good, right? Right. I got to get going. We're on a timeline. Drunky Drunkerton over here is like getting in the way. I actually am supposed to go spend some time with my family. They have scheduled a barbecue for me. And of course, my family loves guests. So John is more than welcome to uh, hang out with my family. They have scheduled this whole little uh, welcome party. Sure. So as we are... (laughs) 
As we're driving, he's like, dude, I got to throw up. And I'm like, well, then I'll just pull up and throw up. So we pull over. He can't throw up. So we get back on the... It's like, when, the, you know, I'm not like a barfer on a regular basis. So I'm like, get it out. And I'm just trying to make myself... Nothing. I feel like shit, but I can't get it out. But we're right. on a schedule. Sure. So you're not throwing up? Get back in the car. We got to go. Yeah. So I start driving again. He's like, I think I throw up. I do it again. He's not. I'm like, get back in the car. So now we're using every exit... I am, I am trying to swerve the car. I, I, <laughs> well, he offered. He I goes, am, do you want me to drive erratically so that your stomach will... So like, I'm doing yes. stunt driving to get him upset. And so every time we'd be coming up an exit, I'm like, are you ready? And he'd say, yeah. So I'd pull off on the exit and I would start going back and forth. And it was, I'd slam the I brakes. could feel my stomach turning up, doing Ugh. like it was moving. Not working. So <laughs> I would say about three or four exits. Finally, he's like, I think we got it. Do you want me to play the audio? Do you want me to play yes, the audio? You might, do you want well, to hear the audio so, of what yeah, actually I was happened? Like, I was like, yeah, I, th- I think this is it. I think this is it and oh, then no. Brian pulled so, over and I got because out. I'm a little bit of a douchebag from time to time when he said I think this is one I of course pulled out my cell phone oh no and I decided to video his big moment if you want I've, I can play you the audio oh yeah I might not be able to listen to it <laughs> are you serious do you want me to play it or no yeah, yeah play should, it I'll, I'll, I'll warn my listeners this is coming go. up but yeah, I'm gonna, you can I'm edit a... it out I mean it's it's pretty gross alright uh, and it's not working ah oh! What? Why not? It's a wrong computer. It's not working. Oh, well. It's, it's, uh, I can't even, I couldn't even pretend to make those noises. Oh, that, really? You know Can you I mean? send they me were, the file when you send I will send file? you the file. You need, you need to, you, that's even better. You should, when we're done talking to us, on the back end, you need to play this because what, what ends up happening in that video to me is one of my favorite moments. Well, I just started, once it started coming out, it's, that was it. It was not stopping. So I was just throwing up and throwing up. And it sounds like I'm gurgling. Like it's gnarly. Uh, like Jen Murphy heard it and thought it was fake. She's like, "That's fake. What is that?" I'm like, "That's me barfing." And Jen Murphy knows drunken. Throw yeah, ups. she knows. She knows throw ups. <laughs> so then I, I hear, I'm like, I'm like, God, I don't feel good. I'm still throwing up. And Brian's like, "Hey, don't forget, um, we're gonna have uh, hamburgers at my mom's later." <laughs> and I was like, "Hamburgers house." And I turn around and I look at him. I'm like, huh? and then I see he's recording me. I'm like, "Oh, you're a dick, dude." <laughs> and I'm like, you, "It looked. My food came out like it was whole. It okay. came out like you could have just put All it up right. back on a plate." See, he's not, right now okay. you're already worse because you're oh, not, he, we haven't I, played it yet. So, we, so, so we get to my. He basically passes out after he does this. We right. get to my family's house. I wheel him over in a gurney into the backyard of the barbecue. <laughs> All these little kids are just going over and kind of touching the dead man. I, I went right on a lawn chair. Brian's dead friend that's with him. You know who just who just reeks by the way. Right. Reeks oh, of alcohol, oh. vomit, urine. And, and every this guy, ten minutes, I got up and went into their bathroom and puked again. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I, I couldn't even eat. They're like eating and everyone's like enjoying a barbecue. And I'm laying on a couch. They go inside at one point. They leave me out in the yard. I'm like, uh. it was hot. It was August. Oh. He just didn't move. So we had this weird homeless man over in the corner. Oh, and our family so get bad. together. It was so bad. He never met any of them. Never no, met any. He literally got up and just yeah. said nothing to them and got in the car. Went to the airport. Has I don't think you've ever talked to my. You've never I, seen my family since. I then, talked to them. I have okay. not seen them okay. since. Then. I talked to them at the time, but it was more like, I'm sorry, I really don't feel good. Like. There was a lot of that. <laughs> it was like num- It was in the top five hangovers I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. And then he had to get on a plane. Oh, ooh, <sighs> the, flying with a hangover. Thing. I think I started drinking again. Actually, I don't remember. I wanted. I bl- I, I wanted to forget. Forget that. everything. Wrecked yeah. my family. My family get together. <laughs> and this was a week ago. Was this? <laughs> <laughs> this was this morning. We just got back. Oh, that is nasty. But see, the thing is, what story would I have if I didn't have John Huck with me? You need this. Right. You got to bring the story. I, no, I would have had nothing. You would have got, gone up, killed. You would have drove your minivan. You would have had burgers. You would have flown home. Here is, in closing, though, Marie, you, here's the one thing that everybody needs to know if you're going to visit Madison. 
right right across the street from the comedy club. And this is important. I want to, it's very, very important that everybody who drinks alcohol in Madison, anywhere near that comedy club, needs to know this warning. Across the street is a pizza joint. But it's not just any pizza joint. It's a pizza joint that puts all sorts of weird stuff on top of their pizzas. You probably don't remember this because you were always drunk when you went there. You can get a pizza with a... Just look at you can get I mean, a, I remember eating pizza you on the curb. A, you, yes. I sat down on the curb exactly. and I was like, I got a pizza. So you can get a pizza with macaroni and cheese on top <clears> of it. Oh, you can yes, get a pizza yes. with a hamburger on top right, of right. it. Fuck you can, yeah. get, a, you can yeah. get a pizza with a piece of cake on it. It doesn't matter. The point is, it's poor decisions like that that are made late at night <laughs> where you're putting everything that's supposed to only be mixed together once it's in your stomach, yeah, you're yeah. putting it on top of it before. And there are so many people just vomiting all in that Yeah, and then you just go, you walk two blocks and go, oh, there's some macaroni and cheese pizza barf. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this might be the grossest story. Yeah, I've sorry. Ever we didn't had. mean it to be that. No, that's but all right. Basically, it was my. Not, everybody's, not everybody's a throw up pussy like me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a ch- I'm a chain puke. Like, if I hear somebody puke, I'm puking. So, well, if you so hear can, this video, you'll throw up. Yeah. So you can't. So if somebody throws up by you, you will puke. Or if you can, are you the guy that runs out of the room and tells somebody else to p- clean up your, 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 your wife's puke or your kid's puke? Oh, well, not. This is the deal. My, I get broken bones and blood. My wife gets puke and poop with okay. the kid. So you, so you negotiated this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, she can handle poop and, and puke. So wait, hold on but a second, But she can't handle blood. You make her clean up her own puke? My wife? Yeah, so do you stick to the deal at that point? I didn't, like, I'm sorry, sweetie, we signed a deal. I didn't marry John Huck. My yeah. wife can make it to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are these wives throwing up all the time? <laughs> I stopped dating strippers years ago, man. <laughs> Remember when he moved out here and that chick's gone now? <laughs> well, oh man, that was a good. Uh, thanks a lot for doing this in, in my first Frankenstein episode. Well, I just want Thank other comics to be us. aware that Madison can be treacherous when it comes to a, the seas. The of comedy's awesome. Everything else around it, be warned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Huck, uh, 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 Brian Irwin, thanks a lot. Tell us real quick about Hollywood Anonymous. Uh, Hollywood Anonymous is a show that me and Brian do. We are about uh, 17 episodes in. Mm -hmm. Uh, You love counting episodes. He's an episode (laughs) guy. It doesn't matter. The the thing about the show is that uh, we just kind of joke in the fact he and I have been working in, in this business for a really long time. Combined mm-hmm. thirty plus years. Nobody here. knows. Nobody knows. Us. Nobody, nobody knows understands we what we do. Um, <laughs> but we've actually been paid for things, right. and uh, and so what we've we've met so many people that kind of work behind the scenes that are not big famous people that mm-hmm. we kind of we spend most of our time just talking about what it's like to really live. Oh, that's great, in Hollywood. Yeah. How did you get here? Why are you here? What are you doing? You know, problems, struggles, successes. Mm-hmm. Well, I did it recently and had a great time. Yes, Murray, yeah, you are episode guest. number 17. Which <laughs> Stop counting. Yeah, Stop 17. Counting. <laughs> you want to know about life on the road? That was John Huck and Brian Irwin of the Hollywood Anonymous podcast. If you get a chance to listen to their podcast, I highly recommend it. I, I love John Huck. He's hilarious. Uh, I love Brian Irwin. He's hilarious. They both had two other podcasts before and then stopped doing them and... Uh, and started this one. Hux was a sports podcast. I think he did with Sean Halpin. He had asked me to do it several times, so I never got a chance to do it. And then Brian Irwin did a, uh, a father, a parenting podcast um, with some other guy. Never asked me to do it. So suck it, Irwin. <laughs> no, I had a really, really good time with those guys. That was a, 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 They're good guys. Check out their Hollywood Anonymous podcast. And I'm sorry, I do not have the audio of John vomiting. I apologize for that. I have heard it. I have heard it, and it is horrible. It's disgusting. It makes me want to throw up just thinking about it. As I said in that, I'm a, I'm a chain puker. If somebody pukes around me, I will puke. If I smell it, if I hear it, if anything, I'm going to throw up. So, And me not being a potty humor guy, I'm glad we weren't able to get the, the sound effects of him throwing up. But um, trust me when I tell you, 
it's disgusting. Uh, so check out their Hollywood Anonymous podcast. Like I said, they had a couple other podcasts. And I guess people get burnt out doing podcasts. And, and let me tell you something. It's, it's very easy to get burnt out doing a podcast because no matter how many listeners you have, not all your listeners contact you or interact with you. So you don't really, you can see some, you can see your numbers, you get a good estimate of your download numbers, but that doesn't really tell the whole story. And I know a lot of people, I see, I know a lot of people are wrapping up their podcasts now. They've been doing it for a while and, and uh, I understand why. Um, right now uh, it's the 10 year anniversary of when iTunes started doing podcasts. And I just read an article, congratulations, iTunes, you've done so much for podcasts. And I think done is the operative word because they're not doing shit for podcasts anymore. And I'll tell you why. For an example, go on iTunes under comedy podcasts and look at the new and notable section. And you will see who's new and notable in podcast. WTF with Mark Marin. Oh, does he have a podcast? Oh, I didn't know that. He's new. Oh, that's great. I should look into that and see who else is on the new and notable. Nerdist? Oh, Oh, okay. Chris Hardwick has a pod, new podcast, and it's called Nerdist. I will look into that. Welcome to Sunnyvale. Oh, the number one podcast for the last five years. Oh, oh, okay. So iTunes doesn't give a shit anymore. Uh, I don't think they've completely dropped the ball. On, I mean, my show was new and notable when we first came out, and I, it, I held it as a badge of honor, you know. And now it's, you know, I guess iTunes doesn't give a shit anymore. I think podcasting. I was asked in the. Uh, earbuds documentary the earbuds documentary coming out about podcasting uh when i was interviewed i was asked about i think it was about awards and how i feel about awards for podcasting and i and i I remember saying don't don't give awards to podcasting yet don't because podcasting at the time and this was last year podcasting was still pirate radio podcasting is you, you can do whatever you want you can frankenstein an episode together you can go off about a shark attack that has nothing to do with road stories you know don't it's going to happen eventually. It's people are going to learn how to monetize. Corporations are going to get involved. Um, it's going to happen. So just just let it happen organically. And I, I think it happened already. I, I think it happened much sooner than I thought it would. You know, I talked to people who uh, I talked to one comedian who had a great uh, podcast and he got a sponsor and he's with another network. He's not with All Things Comedy. And the sponsor gave him, I want to say it was $3,000. And so the sponsor wrote it to wrote the check out to his network and the network gave the podcaster a hundred dollars saying that that was their cut. So it's, it's happening. So, um, right now I just want to encourage you guys to, it's cool to listen to the bigger podcasts, man, but, but check out the smaller guys. Um, they're doing some good stuff and they don't have numbers to answer to. And you're going to find people you won't hear, on podcasts, on all podcasts, on like the bigger podcasts, because the bigger podcasts, you know, you got to have names, you got to get those numbers, you got sponsors. And that's what I pride about my podcast. I will have bigger names, but I'll also have smaller names too. people you guys haven't heard. And you guys have told me this a 100 times that you 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 like to find new, new comedians. And so speaking of that, I did I was asked to do um, a, a new podcast recently this past week, and it's called The Underdogs. And they've only done four episodes. And my buddy, John Huck, who we just listened to, did it. And and I never do a podcast without listening to it first because I've had some problems with that. So uh, I listened to the John Huck episode. And these guys seem to be doing okay. 
Um, so I agreed to do their podcast as long as they would both give me a road story that I could use in this episode. And so uh, I got a couple of good road stories from the guys. One guy is a musician who just turned comedian. He's on the open mic scene. And the other guy is a comedian who's been around a while, got sidetracked, he said, by drugs and alcohol and, and went away to jail, I think, 14 times. And then is now back into, into stand-up. So after I did their podcast, I sat down and talked to these guys for a little bit. You want to know about life on the road? I don't know. Is this part two? Is this part one of my Frankenstein episode? I'm calling it the Frankenstein episode because I'm putting together a bunch of different people into one episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. That'll be so fun. I did, uh, I did a, po- a couple podcasts this week. So I thought, hey, why don't I get these comics to tell some stories? It'll save my time. It'll save your time. So I don't know if this is going to be the torso of Frankenstein, perhaps the head, maybe an appendage. I don't know. Funny don't bone. Know. The funny bone. <laughs> well, that's up to you too. <laughs> uh, so this is, uh, I just did a, a really fun podcast called the underdoggers, uh, hosted by Sam Morrison and Kyle Christ. That's right. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, no problem. Um, and so I said, yeah, I'd, I would be happy to do it as long as you guys throw me a couple road stories. And they said, I'd be happy to do it. Every time I say your name, Kyle Christ, there's a, what song? There's a, you ever, you know how you just forget, you just come up with your own lyrics for yeah. songs. There's a song by uh, Wang, Wang Chung. Uh, Wang Chung? Everybody Wang Chung? Yeah, Everybody Wang Chung, but they had, Dance Hall Days was their first hit. Oh. And there's some lyric, I don't know what it's called, but I always sing, uh, you are cool on Christ. <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't know what the actual lyric is, but that, and to this day I will sing that. So when I heard your name, I'm like, oh, I wonder if he knows about the Wang Chung song. I think that's a T-shirt <laughs> in the making. I think you, I, you, my first merchandise. There you go. Are you gonna sell it in the first merchandise? Now I just met Kyle today. Uh, very nice to meet you. I, Thank I, you. Nice I'm, to meet you. I'm jealous of of you playing in a band because everybody knows that's all I've ever wanted to do in my life is play in a band. And I met Sam Morrison, what about a year ago? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, about a year ago. at uh, And we've talked about uh, JR's uh, comedy club several times on this podcast. Okay. Why? Because you get a pie. <laughs> 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 you do your set, you get paid, and you get a pie. Uh, or dinner. You get a pie or dinner. And I... Uh, Always go pie. Well, I don't know. Well, you know what? Somebody uh, shed light on it. Go for dinner, and part of your dinner, get a piece of pie. <laughs> Socking it to the man. Socking it to the man. <laughs> But uh, the first time I did it, I got a pie, so I figured I'd give it to my uh, babysitter. Okay. And then I ate it on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> and by it, I mean the whole pie. <laughs> it was the best apple pie I've ever had in my life. I don't know if you have a Marie Callender's near you who listening, but uh, they, they make some pretty damn good pies. When you eat a whole pie in the car, do you just go slice by slice, or do you just grab at the middle the best part? I'm not a Neanderthal, <laughs> all right? I go fork. Oh, a fork in the lap, That's man. really funny. It doesn't even occur to you. It's <laughs> not even one of the options. Because I've been having a hard time with Taco Bell tacos, finding the best way to eat that when one-handed in the car. So a pie is perplexing to me. Well, it's big enough so you can lap it. You yeah. know, you get a taco, I can because it's falling out the back end and all that. And then I grab a towel from the beach, put it in my lap so I don't spill it on my show clothes. And then I uh, wonder why I have applesauce on my face when I'm surfing the next day from drying off on a towel. Oh, genius. Like a Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy reader, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you did a... How do you like doing JRs, Sam? Oh, I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, yeah. it's uh, one of the things that I thought was the room wasn't packed. It was not, mm-hmm. a, it was not a huge sold-out room. 
but everybody that was there was there for comedy. Mm-hmm. So you get the when you're outside of LA. My my feeling is when you travel outside of LA, one person laughs as many as eight people mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. So you, you only need a few. And this was a good turnout, but it's just you hear applause like you don't hear in in, in some of the showrooms that mm-hmm. are filled. And uh, that was. I really liked it. Yeah, every every time I've been out there, even if there's only been eight people, it, they've been a fun crowd. And I've been there where it's been eight, it's been packed, and when we've had to cancel the show because nobody showed up. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I did that with my friend John Vargas. We drove. We I, I sometimes I do the road stories podcast on the road. Like I'll set up the equipment in the car. We'll drive out to JR's, record on the way out, do the show, and then record on the way back. Okay. And, makes sense. And we drove an hour and an hour out there to find out that the show was canceled because nobody <laughs> showed up. So it was a humbling second part of the show. <laughs> you still recorded the show. Oh, of course, yes, of yes. course. <laughs> I wasn't headlining, so it wasn't, I didn't feel like shit. I wasn't the draw. <laughs> so you play in bands and you're doing stand-up now. Yeah, yeah. I play in a uh, in the some semi-successful bands. Some, but it depends how you look at it. Semi-successful or like semi-failure. You know, like we've... I've recorded records and I've uh-huh. toured the country, but just haven't made any profit ever, <laughs> like in 20 <laughs> years. Like that's, you know, that's still on the bucket list. Well, good. I think switching to stand-up's a smart financial yeah, choice yes, for you yeah. then. If, if not, you know, at least you'll be used to not making money. <laughs> well, the gas mileage is better. I don't need a Ford 350 passenger van, you know, like oh, well, I got a Toyota. At least, at least you don't play drums, man. Yeah. There's a, there's a great uh, scene. And did you ever see, are you guys Woody Allen fans at all? Yeah, sure. Did you ever see he was he plays in a Dixieland jazz yeah. band and uh there's a I forget the name of it, but they follow him on tour in Europe. And there's two great lines in the whole thing and, and one of them is somebody's fighting with this like stand up bass trying to get it <laughs> checked and, and packed on the thing and like right and, and, and what he goes, Right now he's wishing to he listened to his mother when she said, Play the flute. <laughs> <laughs> Our big mistake in the two thousands when I was in New York was we had to have vintage keyboards. You had to have a genuine Wurlitzer, you had oh, to have right. a genuine Farfisa. So we spent a Hammond. Yeah, well, thank God we didn't have a Hammond. Okay. The people that brought in the Hammond with the Leslie amps, it was just yeah. like, oh, the, we thought we were douchebags. Like, <laughs> those guys were dripping. But uh, the, the day that we finally turned that all in for just a Nord keyboard, I know it's it's going to sound sacrilege to some of the purists out there, but like that's a life changer. It's right. like getting your iPhone. You know? <laughs> so that took care of all the sounds then, that, as yeah. opposed to having a whole rig. And you couldn't you couldn't break a reed on an electronic <laughs> keyboard, you know? These Wurlitzers, and and we tried to fix it ourselves with soldering irons, like, oh, is it in tune? Mm-hmm. Like, ding, ding, ding. I don't know. You become tone deaf <laughs> listening to the same G sharp or whatever, you know, on, on, a, on a Wurlitzer organ, whatever. Now, you guys are both relatively new to stand-up. Am I correct in assuming that? <laughs> yes and no. As far as I know, you've done it for a year because I met you a year ago. <laughs> yeah, no, right, right. For, for I'm, making it, I'm making I, it all about myself. Sorry, I, Sam. I did it uh, 15 years ago. Oh, okay. And I, I managed to get uh, some success and was and was doing shows with great people, Stanhope and Carl LeBeau and some of these. Oh, other, awesome! Just running around with Tripoli, and uh, but then you. I found myself at a fork in the road where when you start having a little bit of success, the doors open to a lot of things that are very tempting. I'm meaning alcohol, sure. drugs, and, and then you have to you have to either start treating it like a job mm-hmm. and take your 
care about your life or you go the other way. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And it took me a lot of years to come back around. And so for the last few years, I'm, I'm back. Oh, interesting. And so that, that's where I was years ago and I'm trying to, you know, Oh, I didn't know that. I know, I know you, I know, uh, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school here, but I know you, you don't drink or do drugs anymore. Am I correct on that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You cleaned up your act a little bit. Can I say that? I don't bit, know yeah. you. I don't no, know no, you no. well enough. There's to... problems. I've, I've had problems in the past uh, eight months mm -hmm. uh, with alcohol even, mm -hmm. but I found myself having been through treatment and, and seeing the... Uh, the value in not doing it, I figured out a, you know, a way to change. Oh, really? Try to make it better. It's not... Yeah, life isn't always perfect. Uh, sure, but yeah, you just pick up, pick up, and carry on. That's mm -hmm. that's the only thing I can think to say or do. Oh, interesting. Um, so, where did you get started? This is great. I, this is. I'm glad you got, like this. I didn't even know this about you. And, and again, granted, Sam and I are not close friends. We, we you know, we yeah, yeah, well, we've texted or emailed to each other sure. over the last year. So this is great. Well, I love learning something about somebody who I don't the, know that well. The first club that I did, I was 18, and it was in Dallas, Texas. At, so, Funny enough, at a bowling alley. No, uh, we were just talking about upstairs. bowling. Jan Norton was the owner, and she's still there running stuff. It, not Norton. at that location, but it was uh, Justin Foster. That's where he used to play. Uh, I just had Justin on here not too long ago. Yeah, so just, I didn't know that about Justin either until I saw him post something about it. And I mm -hmm. him and I said, so then I did that, and then I was in Houston, and I was doing it at the old uh, Laugh Stop on West Gray. Sure. And uh, then came out here and uh, just kept going with it. Until the brakes, the wheels fell off. <laughs> so did you tour a lot down in Texas at that time? No, 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 what, no. What year are we looking at here? Uh, 90, 94 would have been the first okay. time I did it. And then uh, I went, I was in the military for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when I got out of that, I was in Houston. And then was uh, that was all Laugh Stop. Okay. West Gray. There was, an, there was not a lot of places. There was like a magic club. Uh, one other club, but West Gray was the spot to be. That's where I wanted to be because that's where Kennison started. Sure. Some of these others. So there was history to it. And that's where I met Ralphie May and Lana mm -hmm. Turner. Lana was still uh, just getting up, just really getting into it. Uh, love. She's a great person. A nice friend. Yeah, I like uh, Lana a lot. And yeah, then just came out here. Oh, comedy store. And, you know, you drive three hours up in the mountains and it would turn out to be a biker bar mm -hmm. with, mm -hmm. you know, the long tables and people are eating steaks and sure. half of them aren't even facing you. <laughs> I did it one time I was up there. I went with Tripoli and uh, I got up on stage and there was a mariachi band on one side and a DJ on the other. And I'm in the <laughs> middle. It's all bikers and there's two fat girls up at the front and they won't stop just tearing their plate apart and it's, it's loud. And so I, I just asked them a few times, can you keep it down? <laughs> and they wouldn't. So I finally said, uh, listen to these two ladies. I said, whenever I go home and uh, jack off, I do it with the lights on just so I don't accidentally think I'm fucking somebody as ugly as you. Whoa. <laughs> and right then, this guy comes running up to the stage and starts grabbing at the microphone cord. And I pull it back and I put my foot out and was like, you can calm down too. He was the club owner and those were his sisters. <laughs> oh, there you go. So I immediately got thrown out and had to sit in the cold till Tripoli came out running 
with, oh. with the crowd following him. Oh, and really? Both, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he comes running out. This is like 30 minutes later. When I got off the stage, they pulled immediately. I was done within the first three minutes. Right. He gives me a high five, and then he comes running out with the crowd behind him. And I said, what happened? And he said, I brought up Bush. <laughs> that was it. I just did a show with Sam Tripoli the other night, and uh, I don't know. We're all doing like 15 each or whatever, and I, at the end of his set, man, I don't know. I guess some, I wasn't watching this whole set, but a couple in the front were like either just talking in like their own little world or anything. And just for the last two minutes, Sam was like, dude, dude, <laughs> you got to break up with her. All right. I see it. She's got stripper eyes. She's, ah. I see it in her. And he was dead. So he wasn't, yeah. he was like, he got off stage. He's like, no, I've, I've seen people like that. He needs to, she's fucking crazy. And then she hung around him and her, uh, his girlfriend hung around, uh, to, like waiting for Tripoli to come out. And, uh, and like Tripoli was like hiding in the back, not hi- <laughs> not hiding, but avoiding. Yeah, like he, we yeah. both walked out, and he's like, "Oh, there they are. I'm going the other way." It wasn't hiding. You just know to avoid yeah. any you kind of wanna, conflict. Yeah, avoid confrontation. So he split, and I had no beef with these people. So I kept walking, and they're like, okay, "We want to get a picture with you. We thought you were really funny. We want to get a picture of you. Where's that guy, Sam?" I'm uh, like, "Ah, uh, we're leaving. We're leaving." And we walked out, man, and got away. Uh, you must have had some fun uh, road stories traveling around in a van. Or an F-150, what do you say it was? Uh, F-350. We had the larger model. We took oh. out the two back seats and filled that with all the man gear. Right, right. Yeah. Our problem was always uh, just like just poor venues. Like, you know, you had to fill to get to Friday. You had to get out to Chicago by Friday. You had to do, you know, Cincinnati on mm-hmm. a Tuesday. Or, and we're booking it all ourselves. Sure. So, you know, we end up, you know, at some some you know just bar on a tuesday where you get a cheesesteak and right. you play in front of you know just the drunks and again not too different from stand up yeah yeah <laughs> were you sleeping in the van no a lot, you know a lot of times we would uh we'd get a motel room we had four four or five so we could chip in on motel room and then the thing would be i know this sounds weird but we would not share beds we would take turns on who got the bed so the two beds and we would uh and not we wouldn't do some like willy wonka like head to feet in the bed <laughs> um we we just would take turns sleeping on the bed, sleeping on the floor in sleeping bags. Yeah, I had a tent. Even one time we we played in a, uh, it was like a college town, so it was like a like kind of a farmhouse, and mm-hmm. I just pitched pitched my tent, and everyone else stayed in the van. But I'm like hell, I, I was a Boy Scout. I'll, I'll sleep <laughs> in the tent. Turn this into a camping trip. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what do you? Two quick questions for both of you guys. One quick question for each of you, I should say, before we get out of here. Uh, what do you see different this time around, uh, Sam? After you took your your break. By the way, you. You open with a headshot, a mugshot joke, right? <laughs> Did I just see yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do it with a mugshot because the stuff I talk about in my act is a, is a little bit rough, and sometimes I don't have a lot of time. So just to set the tone and get people on board, uh-huh. I have a mugshot of my 14th arrest. <laughs> 14th. 14th. This was after I had a roommate. Uh, I threw her out because she just did way too many drugs. Uh-huh. She got arrested and in turn told the cops to get a lighter sentence that I was stockpiling dynamite to blow up City Hall. So the LAPD and Burbank SWAT team raided my apartment on 4th of July years ago. And I, that was the mugshot of me smiling because I went, <laughs> I went to jail on an old traffic ticket, but I was so happy that that's all I went to jail for. I just <laughs> took the biggest smile and I was just about to get out because a friend went to my apartment and grabbed money. And uh, yeah. All right. Were there any dynamite at all? Or was it just actually? 
This is a funny part. There was not (laughs) not then. I I bought. This might be extended a few minutes. I want to hear this. (laughs) I I had just gone to Mexico and uh, I bought a bunch of. They were sold as sticks of dynamite. I bought those huge and and so I took them around right before the cops raided a few days before a friend of mine. Uh, we went around Burbank and buried them in the parks and set them off to see how big of a crater we could create. Sure. So they were gone. Yeah, yeah. So had they come two days earlier, I probably would have been in big trouble. Right. Uh, but I was not going to blow up City Hall. I mean, that's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> city parks, maybe. But not City yeah. Hall. Oh, yeah. Cindy Hall, maybe. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's the only reason I show that mugshot. Just set the tone for the set rest the of the Set the tone thing. for about, what, about the, the ride they're about to go on? Yes. 14 times. Have you done serious time? Uh, the longest I did was six months in a military prison. Oh, when you're obviously serving? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that was for cocaine. Uh-huh. And uh, it, was a, it was a big scandal, actually. The guards were so abusive to some of the prisoners. If you were a rapist or something like that, they would just kill these people, beat them with batons and just really? the craziest stuff. And uh, they ended up shutting, shutting it down, sending everybody off to different places. And my grandfather was behind... Uh, some of this coming to light, and he was used to be the head judge in Europe, uh, in the, in the Air Force, and uh, so he threw such a stink, and they just let me go. Hmm. Wow, that's incredible. Um, real quick, you told me you, you you had one story you wanted to tell me before we wrap up here. <laughs> I don't want to give away the punchline. Oh, I'll just I'll get I'll do a really quick version. It's uh, I got set up with this really crazy girl uh, back in the day and she was 19 and when I got to the bar to meet her she just finished stabbing somebody with a broken beer bottle <laughs> and my first thought was oh you're perfect <laughs> <laughs> two days later we're living together in her father's trailer home and uh, we ran out of drugs and money one morning so we sold part of her father's entertainment center and on the way to the dope dealer's house, we got sidetracked and ended up at Exotic Animal Farm. <laughs> and I didn't, when I left that morning, I didn't know this, but I was in the market for a mountain lion. <laughs> and we had $350. For 1000 you can get a, a cub that right. you can raise. And for a lot more than that, you can get a full-grown. We had 350 And all you can get for that is a, like a middle-of-the-road one that's angry and nobody wants. <laughs> so we bought it. And our goal was to keep it inside the trailer, tame it, raise it, and at the same time, keep it a secret from her father. <laughs> so we, we put it in her closet. Because she also had a five-year-old kid. Who was in the oh, bedroom all, right, with all, us. Right, all right. Possibly if something you might want to mention earlier. We, we ended up splitting up. I then moved out, took my clothes in the mountain lion, and moved in with my mother, who had three house cats and a dog. And so she made me keep the mountain lion in the upstairs bathroom. <laughs> but so now we're all in the house together. And uh, one night she would let it run around and play with it, but not, it was very aggressive. So one night it was out and she was uh, in the kitchen and it attacked her uh, very badly. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen so much blood. Oh, wow. And I ended up, uh, I wanted to kill it and she wouldn't let me. Instead, uh, I took it to an animal sanctuary. Oh. And uh, that was... Do you go visit it? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to... I was feeding that thing better food than I got. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you talk about that stuff on stage? I do. Okay, good, good. That is just too too good to, to keep to yourself. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I like that story. I, I have problems with it because it's so outrageous. People, uh, they don't believe it. And that's one of the reasons I show the mugshot. Like, let's uh-huh. just get this out of the way. This is who I am. Right. This is my face. It's better than my yearbook photos. <laughs> and I'm smiling because I don't give a shit about going to jail. So right. that sets the tone for having a mountain lion and cocaine and everything else I talk about mm-hmm. is, is somewhat believable. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sam, guys, thank you so much. Uh, and this is ends the torso part of Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You want to know about life on the road? With any good Frankenstein, you're, you're going to need a, a, a torso, uh, two legs, two arms, head, a brain, uh, a normal brain, not an abnormal brain or an abnormal brain. But due to circumstances beyond my control, I think I got a torso and uh, maybe a head, maybe a head today. That leaves it up to me to tell you a road story. And luckily for you guys, I have a new one. And now technically... It's not the road because it did happen in town, but I did get in my car and I did drive to it. So it is a road story. So I am, as you guys know, I'm in town all summer uh, doing local gigs, watching my kid during the day, uh, working on a new hour material. I was very excited. I'm very excited for the summer. I get to hang out with my kid, swim and surf uh, with my son and to do spots at night. That sounds awesome. One thing I forgot to factor in, which I've told you, is everybody else is in town this summer. Everybody else is in town, so stage time this summer has been a real bear to get. It's been, you know, all the names are are taking up all the all the uh, all the stage time, which you know I don't blame them. It's just that's just par for the course. Like tonight, tonight I got a ten minute set. That's the is that the that's the only set I've had this week. That's one set. Next week I don't I don't have my calendar in front of me, but I don't know what I have next week. So I've been starting to look around at these like kind of shitty bar room gigs and stuff and why, why not you know i always say i haven't done a bar, i did a bar room gig last year and i looked forward to it because i don't do those very often anymore not not that i'm better than them or anything like that it's just i haven't had to do them in a while and so i was actually very nervous about doing this bar room gig because it's a whole nother fight man it's literally a fight because these you got you're just it's a bar people are drunk you got a microphone they want to be louder than you they want to take down the comedian uh anyway i had a it was a rough set but i had a blast so i started looking at more of these barroom gigs around town and my friend uh last monday night my friend john vargas calls me to uh see if I want to meet him at a bar gig he's doing down in Venice. And let me just preface this story by saying this is the worst stand-up show I have ever seen in my life. I've ever been part of. I wasn't even technically part of it. Anyone I've ever been part of, anyone I've ever seen, anyone I've ever heard about, this is the worst. This is worse than any laundromat gig you hear us talk about here in town. This is worse than... Then The Chop Shop, which was a show many, many years ago. I think it was run by Frank Conniff, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater 3000. It was in the back of a pizza joint on Hollywood Boulevard at like midnight on a Sunday night. It was awful. This, 10 times worse. 10 times worse. And I'm not one of those guys who who likes to go watch bad things and find the joy in them. Like I dated this girl who who was like, oh, I want to go see the ladies' man. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be good. I don't believe that. I don't believe you can be so bad you can be good. This show was so bad, it was awful. I don't know this going in. So John gives me a text. It's like, I don't know, four o'clock on a Monday. He's like, hey, man, I'm doing a gig down by you if you want to meet me by it. 
So I text him back. I'm like, yeah, shoot me the details. Uh, where is it? So he texts me a little flyer, or he texts me the flyer. It just happened to be little because it was on my phone. And uh, it says uh, where it's at, and then it lists eight comics. Eight comics who I have never heard of. Now, look, I'm not friends with everybody, but I've lived in this town for close to 20 years. I've been doing stand-up for a very long time. If you're a stand-up in Los Angeles, there is a good chance I've at least heard your name. I might not have met you. I might not have done shows with you, but there is a good chance I've heard your name. None of these names ring a bell. None of them. And I thought, all right, well, that should have been the first tip off. So I go down to this bar in Venice and it's on the walkway. You guys, I don't know if you've ever been to Venice, California or have ever seen the uh, movies with Venice in it. You know, it's that walkway with all the crazies walking up and down the street. It's a bar that looks over the strand over the strand there and we go there and i get there like 8 30 and john's like yeah i don't know when i'm gonna go up and this mc is like oh john thanks for thanks for coming i'll get you up as soon as i can which is code for you're going last so john and i are like he's like hey man i don't know when i'm going up if you want to split you can split and i'm like dude i need to get out of the house i don't mind staying here so i go in to the bar and I look in the show, there's maybe eight people scattered in a room that seat about 35, 40. So there's eight people. None of them are listening. The comedian on stage is awful. And I don't like to throw that around by other comedians. Cause I know we all have our different styles and, and comedy is subject- subjective, but this guy was terrible and not even like beginner terrible too. I mean, he was a beginner, but he had the attitude that he wasn't a beginner and that everybody should be laughing at his really shitty material. So he had an attitude that was throwing to the audience and it was just putting the eight people off. And I was just like, oh, this guy's terrible. So I sit down at the bar. I'm like, I'm going to need a drink if I'm going to be here all night. I sit down at the bar. Five minutes goes. Ten minutes goes. The bartender's over there talking to somebody else. Uh, Another comic gets up just as bad bartender doesn't come over 15 minutes i wave my hand at the bartender the bartender goes hey i'll be there in a minute and like continues talking to another guy I'm like oh this guy's got a bad attitude so he eventually comes over he's like what do you want i'm like uh just give me a an absolute on the rocks please and this is when i know this is what i don't like about bartenders when you order something like an absolute on the rocks and they take out the shot measure glass and they fill it just enough to fill it, and then they pour it in, and that happens at a lot of corporate restaurants. I know that happens, but it's just a sign that I'm not going to drink here very often, and that's what he did. And usually they'll pour some in and then pour a little extra in. No, didn't even pour a little extra in. Poured it just just, just to make the, uh, the jigger, I guess it's called. Poured it in, handed it to me, and charged me $11. $11 for basically a shot. So I said, well, guess what, man? I am never coming here again. And he said, I don't care. (laughs) Like, wow, this guy is great. So I stick around. John and I just go out front and listen to, uh, you know, just talk and catch up. And the MC, this is what made this the worst stand-up show I've ever seen. The MC decided that the show sucked and the show wasn't worthy of being there and that the and simultaneously suggesting that the people were assholes for not supporting them so he kept shitting on the show he kept shitting on the audience like he'd be like this next comedian terrible too so i'm sure you guys won't laugh at him because you're assholes <laughs> like 
like way to rally, way to way to keep the way to keep the show going. So we go through. I don't know what time did I get there? Eight, eight thirty, ten thirty comes around. Ten thirty comes around. No, I'm looking around. I see no comics. Nobody. I don't. Not that I would recognize them. I see nobody that looks like a comic. I see no notebooks. I see nothing. I'm like John. Uh, unless he starts calling in people from uh, Los Feliz, I, you got to go next because there's no other comedians around here. And he comes over, the MC comes over and goes, John, John, okay, I'm going to put you up next. And I'm like, all right, John, I'll see you inside. So I grab my drink, which I've been nursing for three hours because it costs $11. I go in, I sit down, I wait for John. The MC comes up and the MC goes, all right, well, I can't believe you people stuck out uh, this shithole, but uh, I guess uh, I guess you guys deserve one more. Try not to be dicks for this next guy. And just then the bartender comes out and goes, hey, it's over. And the DMC's like, what? It's over now. I said the show's over. The show's over at 1030. That was our agreement. Get off the fucking stage or you're never doing the show here again. And I looked at John and I go, I don't think you're going up. Life on the road. Uh, this has been the Frankenstein Road Stories podcast, the first of hopefully not many. Hopefully, because this didn't go as well as I planned it to be. But I want to thank you all for listening. I, I really do, each and every one of you. Um, I, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your emails to me directly or on the Road Stories page or through Facebook. Um, thank you for being with me from the beginning. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for coming on recently. It's us small shows that, that are keeping what podcasting really is alive. And, uh, and I appreciate you guys there. Write us a review on iTunes. Uh, like us on the Facebook page. Pick up the album Rusty Cow if you can. And I have that donation button. Um, but here's what I say. Uh, don't bother with the donation button. If you're going to donate, donate $12 and get a CD with it. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you, I thank you. People are still donating. But uh, they're not. it's almost like an incentive. It's almost like a, a pledge drive for your, your nationally public radio uh t- donate twelve dollars and get rusty cow donate five dollars and then you don't really get anything <laughs> so so make it a 12 and then and, and i'll sign it and send it out to you or if you can't afford twelve dollars and you don't want to throw five that's fine also um like i said every penny that comes through the donation button goes into uh into this podcast whether it be equipment or very small bottles of water which i get shit about all the time Uh, or food or whatever. Uh, As always, thank you guys for listening and I will talk to you next time. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs and Blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette <laughs> Drunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow more missing merch and Drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon